0: Praise the Lord, my lords, the mightiest, mightiest prophets of the Lord. Amen, uh, Sr. Pastor Renson. Are we live on air? Yes, please, my lords. You are live on air. Please, my lords, please. Well, uh, blessed people, it's about 4.35 a.m. East African time. And the Lord has spoken with me about the entry of the church into... ETERNITY IN HEAVEN Again, the Lord Jehovah, He has spoken with me about the rapture of the church and that is why I am coming to you at this time of the morning, of the night and uh, this is a very, very important conversation Again, the Lord has shown me the church enter into eternity so it's very important for every single person to prepare for the glorious kingdom of heaven. As you can tell, this earth, the way she is going, we have never been this way before. And also at the same time, she is not going well. The earth is not going well, you can see. Things are beginning to change drastically uh, towards the judgment of the Lord, spoken by He that speaks with you now the many plagues that uh, I have struck the earth with at the Lord's command and all these essentially are to highlight to you the time to tell you that time is over and the Messiah is coming again the Lord has spoken with me about taking the church about the rapture of the church the entry of the church into eternity the day that uh, the nations are waiting for the reason the Bible was written the reason Jesus came and died on the cross that uh, on a particular day whose day and hour is not known whose time is not known when he does come for his bride the church but you may be privileged to be among those found ready to enter into the eternal kingdom of glory in heaven. And remember that uh, there is the opposite of that. The contrast of that entry into heaven is essentially entering damnation, the judgment of the Lord, entering hell, going to hell. So those are two sharp contrasts, and... uh, the Lord expects that we will all choose to enter heaven. Now, because of that conversation that the Lord has had with me, and this has been a relentless conversation, no one can say that the Lord has not spoken that much relentlessly, continuously. He has spoken across time, across the many years, about the need to prepare For this very special day that comes, whose day and hour is not known, the day when the Messiah will come for the church. And so it's very important that all these warnings, the Lord sounds, that uh, the church does take this very seriously and prepare for the glorious kingdom of heaven. And like I say, there are so many signs all over right now. That can clearly tell you that yes, indeed, the Messiah is coming. The King is coming. You need to prepare the King is coming. Now, um, based on that, it will be very wise for the church or anybody tuned in and listening to me, it will be very wise for you to understand that. Uh, the way you live your life on this earth has a very very serious implication has a serious effect on whether you on where you spend your eternity whether you spend in heaven or you spend in hell and that is the reason the Lord sent his two prophets to be able to speak this conversation to you that you may make choice at this hour when the Lord speaks about the coming of the Messiah, you may decide where to go. As you have seen the conversation on the prophecy of the coming of the Messiah, these relentless warnings when the Lord speaks and sends me to you as many times the glorious stairs, the wedding ring, the white glorious horse, and all these conversations, the entry of the church into eternity, the seeing of the church when I the, site was, the church was cited the 29th of July 2009 when he allowed me to see the church finally standing before his throne and worshipping him all these warnings and many others that I cannot enumerate here they are meant to signal to you to signal to you that you need to change your way you need to be holy you need to be righteous you need to be more resolved unto holiness uh, you need to reject sin that in the process you may be able to inherit the glorious eternal kingdom of heaven. Now, with the way you perceive or receive this message is determined by the way you adjust your lives and prepare for the glorious coming of the Messiah. In fact, that becomes the proof that you have believed the prophecy of the coming of the Messiah and one very vivid example that has been used again and again is in the book of Luke chapter 16 when you read we have read it many times from verse 19 all the way to verse 31 and you see that he says there was a rich man who was dressed in pure purple and finest linen and he lived a luxurious life he lived in luxury every day And uh, the other versions say differently. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores. And he longed to eat what fell crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. This is a very important parable because this parable tells you that the way you live your life here will have consequences. It will, this parable goes a long way to underscore what I'm telling you today, that you need to prepare for the coming of the Messiah. This parable does tell you that the way you live your life on the earth here has a very significant effect on where you will spend your eternity. Verse 22 says, The time came when the beggar died, and the angels carried him to Abraham's side, The rich man also died, and he was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, the rich man looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me. And then Lazarus, have pity on me, and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. Now you see, the way the rich man lived on the earth went a long way to decide where he would spend his eternity. That is exactly what I'm saying. That once the Lord has founded a warning that so the Messiah is coming, it is always going to be very important that the church will adjust all the listeners, uh, the flesh, mankind will adjust their life, believe the gospel, and prepare and be holy and be righteous. Live your life in such a way that uh, you will end up in heaven. And this is what I'm trying to underscore. And this parable, there's no better scripture that really emphasizes what I'm saying now. That if the Lord has spoken with me about the glorious coming of the Messiah... Then it's going to be important that the, the hearers, that the hearers of this prophecy that I'm giving today, the hearers of this message, of this announcement, this warning that the Messiah is coming, that they adjust their lives and they live their lives in such a way that they, they will end up in heaven, because this parable speaks very clearly here that the way you live your life on the earth here will really go a long way to determine where you spend your eternity. Because you see, the rich man now is in the agony of fire. Verse 25 says, But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. Verse 26 says, And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great rift, a great chasm has been set in place, so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father. He is now a beggar, he is now begging in the other life. Here he was wealthy. Then I beg you father send Lazarus to my family my brothers for I have five brothers let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment Abraham replies. he replied they have Moses and the prophets let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, that if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. So you see, again, the Lord has spoken with me about the coming of the Messiah. And I say that this conversation has been a continuous conversation ever since the Lord sent his two servants. And you see very clearly here that the Lord Jehovah is using this very precious parable to underscore the warning that I'm laying before you today. That you should believe the gospel. Change your way if you're a Christian. Choose holiness. Be holy now. And there's no better scripture that really underscores this moment, this hour at which the church is in, before the Messiah comes. Because it's saying, the way you live your life here on the earth now will determine your eternity. And the Lord has sounded the warning that the Messiah is coming. Nobody knows the day, nobody knows the hour, except God the Father himself. But meanwhile, you have an opportunity to change your life, to live in such a way that you are the believer of this warning, the believer of the caution, you are the believer of this prophecy, the believer of the gospel, and that the Messiah is coming. So you see, blessed people, the Lord is speaking very powerfully here, using this scripture now to you. He speaks about the coming of the Messiah. He sends me to you. And then it is in the Bible how you ought to prepare for the coming of the Messiah. But if you look a little bit before that, in the book of Luke, chapter 16, verse 14, it says, The Pharisees who loved money had all this and were snaring at Jesus. So, So you see, What is the Lord saying to you that have listened to this announcement, this prophecy of the coming of the Messiah? The Lord is essentially saying that if you look at the life that the church is living today or mankind is living on the earth today, you can almost tell where they will end up. Because if you live a life that's devoid, that is not uh, obedient to the holiness requirement of the Lord, you will definitely end up in hell because the Bible says, for without holiness nobody will see the Lord. So in this tremendous uh, scripture that I've read for you to underscore to you the importance of preparing for the coming of the Messiah, again I've said that you see two people living two lives on this earth. And I hope that you will choose to live like Lazarus Because one of them is Lazarus and the other one is the rich man. And you see that Lazarus was despised. He was despised. They looked upon him with contempt. He was abused and blackmailed. But the rich man did not consider him, did not have any regard for him consideration for him so in other words expressed a lot of contempt towards him at that gate mocked him master blackmailed him slandered him looked down upon him but we see that that is the same thing that also happened unto our Lord Jesus Christ so probably if you look at the attitude that they paid that the rich man gave towards Lazarus or the people of that time, it's it's also similar with how they treated Jesus. Jesus was mocked. They looked down upon him. They they expressed a lot of contempt towards him. Every time they engaged with him, you can see that they were so contemptuous. They expressed a lot of blackmail, slander, mockery towards him. And yet you see, That in that mockery and, and slander and blackmail that Lazarus goes through, he lives that life and then he ends up in heaven. He ends up in the kingdom of God. So that's amazing. And that Jesus too, that's how the world looked at him. The world looked at the Lord Jesus. Our Lord Jesus was looked at with a lot of contempt. They mocked him. They, they mocked him in terms of his word that he preached. They said, But you're not a professor of the word. You're not a teacher of the word. Look, the way you are teaching is not right. They contested him. They slandered him. They blackmailed him. They said, Look, you are healing on Shabbat. So there is so much you learn, you learn here. So, so he's saying that even as the world may mock you, those of you that have chosen righteousness and repentance, the, the, the world may, may express a lot of contempt towards you. You say, just take heart. Because, you know, the, the rich man lived that life of tremendous enjoyment and banquet, essentially. In fact, if you read other versions, he lived the life of banqueting. Mm-hmm. But he looked down. If you consider the attitude alone, he looked down upon this... Uh, um, this this poor man Lazarus in fact this is the only parable where Jesus does mention the character he calls him Lazarus by name most of the time he says there was a man there was a man and what really is very astounding you see that these are two different lives being lived and so it's my prayer that you live a life that will really enhance holiness and righteousness he's saying that as you live here the way you live here After you hear this kind of warning that the Messiah is coming, the Lord has spoken with me about the coming of the Messiah. So he's saying the way you live your life here will go a long way in determining your destiny. So you see that there are two lives. One, the life of Lazarus. And the other, the life of the rich man. And then you end up with two places, destiny. Two terminal places, two destinies. Let's call them destiny. Lazarus ends up in heaven as the rich man ends up in hell. So what is the Lord saying then? So you see, before that, before you get to the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, we have just read Luke 16, verse 14. And it says that the Pharisees, I read it again,
1: it says the Pharisees who loved money heard all this, and were sneering at Jesus.
0: They mocked him. But I'm saying, if you have time and you read the entire Luke 16 from verse 1, then you see that the Lord Jesus was giving them the esoteric truth. He was giving them the gospel truth. He was talking about righteousness, the holy requirements of God, the fact that the Lord requires that you be born again, you believe the gospel and live a holy life. You, you live in preparation for your eternity in heaven. The life that defeats the kingdom of heaven that your Father has prepared for you. That's all that Jesus came to do. That's all he came to preach, and that's what he was preaching. But when you read verse 14, then he says, They had all this, and they mocked him. Hmm? The Pharisees, who loved money, had all this, and were sneering at Jesus. And they slandered him, they mocked him, they blackmailed him, they looked at him with contempt. It's amazing, blessed people. And so he's saying that then, in that context, in this case, here now, with the prophecy of the coming of the Messiah, then there are two people here. He's saying everyone has had the truth is talking about the church that knows the truth. Because the Pharisees also heard, they heard, that they chose to, to not obey. So, so you see, they heard all these things. And they sneered at Jesus. Meaning, they were disobedient. They did not obey. They did not follow through to implement. And that stands for your church your present-day church that has uh, decided not to pay attention. She has heard the truth that the Messiah is coming. She has heard the gospel. She has also heard that for without holiness, nobody will see the Lord. But she has chosen to pursue her own course in apostasy, in sin. Hmm? So so that, that, this scripture reflects on this day truth. and you see that in the present day church the truth is there they have heard it but they have chosen not to but if you look at Matthew 25 verses 1 to 13 again you see two groups right there you see the wise virgin and the foolish virgin, and both of them have heard the truth but, but one chose not to follow the truth again it still underscores the same message I'm bringing to you that in light of the fact that the Lord has spoken with me about the coming of the Messiah, you really ought to understand that the way you live your life here now is going to determine your destiny, your eternity, where you spend your eternity. And this the Lord is using to call for repentance and a holier Christian living, a holy Christian living, a visitation of God is here. He that speaks with you has just shaken the earth. Look at the coronavirus. Look at the tremendous situation. They applied the earth into. So the evidence is there. But when you look at Luke chapter sixteen verse twenty, look at what he says in verse twenty. He says, again, Luke sixteen verse twenty says, at his gate was laid a beggar. Named Lazarus, covered with sword, wounds. Covered with wounds. What does that remind you? It reminds you of someone else that was also covered with wounds. And you know, when he lay there, he was in need. And in Luke chapter 10, verses 25 on, Luke chapter ten. There is somebody that is lying somewhere. He was traveling, and then he was pounced on by thugs, and they injured him. Luke chapter ten, verse twenty-five to thirty-seven. He says the parable of the good Samaritan, and you see very clearly, on one occasion. An expert in law, in the law, stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, What must I do to inherit the eternal kingdom of God, eternal life? He says, What is written in the law? He replied, How do you read it? Verse 27. He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So this is the reply. And this young man is now is, is, is reciting it very powerfully. Verse 28. He answered correctly. You, you have answered correctly. Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. You will see eternity. And then verse 29 says, But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor then? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and went away, leaving him half-dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. 32. So a Levite, Saw a Levite, uh, so yes, too, a Levite when he came to the place, and saw the man, he passed by on the other side. Verse 33. But a Samaritan, as he was traveling, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Verse 36, he says, Which of these three do you think is a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers?" The expert in the law replied, The one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. So this is amazing. So why do I bring this up, this other parable of the good Samaritan? Because you see very clearly, Lazarus, the life he lived on the earth here, earned him a place in heaven. That's what I'm trying to say. But the way you live on the earth here will have absolute consequence to your eternity, where you spend eternity. The rich man lived the way he squandered his life without obeying the requirements of the Lord, and then he ended up in hell. But Lazarus, living this kind of life, seeing the need for God, and then he ended up in heaven. What am I trying to say here? I'm essentially trying to say that those were two lives the two destinies. The way you live here will determine whether you enter the rapture of the church or not. And you see very clearly here that Lazarus had wounds. He he had wounds at that gate. And I say this is the only case in time where Jesus now names the person in the parable and he calls him Lazarus so he had wounds and the dogs came and licked the wounds and then you see in the the parable of the book of Luke chapter 10 that this man who was poundstone also had wounds so what is the Lord saying here then? He's saying that you know Lazarus lived a life of need he needed to be kept for. He needed to be ministered to. He lived the life of need. He saw that uh, he, he had need. He needed to be ministered to. Sometimes, you know, the wealth of this world blindens people. So what is the Lord saying eventually? He's saying, salvation does not come from your own merit. That's all he's saying here. He's saying, Jesus came in and turned the tables. He really turned the tables on the paradigm. Because they looked, if you look at the attitude they paid towards Jesus, they ignored him. They looked at him with contempt. They mocked him. But that was the Messiah. That is the King. That's the Lord. And the same thing to Lazarus. And he entered. But now, the having of wounds talks about one who is in great need. If you look at Matthew chapter 3, chapter 5, verse 3, Matthew 5, 3 says the following. He says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So he lived his life in need. He needed to be ministered to. He was not self-sufficient. He needed help. He needed the Lord. He had terrible wounds. Are people, these are people who have been wounded in this life, blessed people. Wounded by this life. They are longing to be fed. Longing to be fed just like you in this ministry now we are fed. You came with wounds. Wounded by the life of this world. Look at Saul. Saul became Paul. He was quite wounded by the life he lived there. He was a murderer. He was murdering preachers, actually. He was killing preachers. But in that spiritually wounded state. The Lord restores him and uses him now to help others who are wounded. So it is with the believers today, those of you who have chosen righteousness. The Lord is speaking to you here. He said, just as you, when you came to the Lord, you were wounded by the world. And, and you were fed. The Lord then, somebody, the Lord used somebody to minister to you. He fed you. You needed help. You were full of wounds, terribly wounded by this life, longing to be fed like that Lazarus. You too, as you can. You needed to be fed, to be ministered to. That you may be full of life, because Lazarus was longing to be fed there. Will you feed them that? Will you feed the sheep of Christ? It's an amazing time, blessed people, when you want to help others too to find this way, the way of righteousness, the way of holiness. But he's talking here about the need. And he's talking about this poor Lazarus longing for crumbs, longing for the little pieces, Jeremiah chapter 15, longing for the small pieces that fell out of the table of the rich man. Jeremiah 15, verses 15 to 16, it says the following. Again, Jeremiah chapter 15. Verses 15 and 16, it says, Lord, you understand. Remember me and care for me. Avenge me on my persecutors. You are long-suffering. not take me away. Think of how I suffer reproach for your sake. Verse 16, it says, When your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, Lord God Almighty. So you see, the the, the hungry world, the wounded world, these two verses of Jeremiah 15, verses 15 and 16, they talk about the wounded world that is hungry to be nurtured, to be fed, That even you, as you find salvation, you may go out and feed, feed the wounded world. That when you enter heaven, you may not enter alone. But you see now, the wounded world is hungry. They're hungry for crumbs that fall down. We still remember the Canaanite woman. The Lord, even the dogs under the table, they feed on the crumbs. What are these crumbs the Lord is talking about? talk about the truth of God that is resident in Jesus in the word of the Lord in Jesus you talk about the healing ministration that was resident in, that is resident in Jesus in the blood of Jesus in the cross at Calvary and so this becomes a very important scripture blessed people that really really will exhort you at such a time when the Lord is announcing the coming of the Messiah and he's saying that Lazarus was hungry. He was hungry. For when your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name, Lord God Almighty. So they wounded, the wounds. But you see now, the Lord is teaching a very important lesson here. He's saying that just having a good life on the earth here, a good Christian life, or just a good secular life, will lead you to hell. Cannot bring you to heaven. Just having a good Christian life, going to church every day, just normal, every Sunday, you know, will not bring you to heaven. He says, merit, your merit, personal marriage will not bring you to heaven. That's what he talked about here. And then when you read the book of Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, blessed people, let me see the whole conversation the Lord is having with you here. Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9, he says the following. It says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So, this is a tremendous conversation, because he's saying, the rich man could not enter heaven. And the poor man needed to be ministered to, Lazarus, wounded, the wound. And so you begin to understand very clearly that he's saying, it is, by, it is by the works of Christ. Hmm? Again, he's saying, but while you're on the earth here, while you're on the earth here, what you do here on the earth does determine your life after death. That's all he will talk about here. Your life after this life. And he's saying, a life of greed and self-centeredness covetousness, if you will will lead you to hell these are these are very important messages that come out of this passage this scripture, this beautiful scripture and then you see that the rich man again there's so much in that scripture if we had time but the rich man calls he sees Abraham and he calls Abraham he says Abraham, father Abraham he calls him his father and so then you, you see the dichotomy right there could it be that he's talking about now again the story the, 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 the scripture in Luke chapter 15? Could it be that he's talking about the Hebrew church versus the Gentile church? Because he calls him father. So both of them share Abraham as father. Both of them now share Abraham, Abraham as father. That is amazing. Lazarus and the rich man, both of them share Abraham and call him father. And yet when you look at the book of Galatians chapter 3, we can read verse 6 to 7. It says, So Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Verse 7. Understand then that those who are faith are children of Abraham. He's talking about you too so both of them call him Father. Amazing. That means both of them knew the truth. They know the truth that Christ Jesus is the way. Christ Jesus is the only way. Only through the salvation of Christ. And the Lord is calling upon you now, not just to feed on the crumbs, to heal your wounds. This life will wound you. This life on the earth will wound you. You wounded my Savior. This life wounded my Savior. They they accused him. They blackmailed him. They slandered him. And they falsely accused him and nailed him on the cross. This life will wound you. And he's saying, not only now should you and your wounds long for the crumbs, but much more even in John chapter 6 now. John chapter 6. Not just the crumbs anymore. Not just the crumbs anymore, blessed people. In the woundedness of this life. It says John chapter six thirty five it says Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So look at that now. It's saying not only should you now long for the crumbs, but the full loaf, the bread is here now. You can feed on the bread, the bread of life. And so you say, if you follow very keenly blessed people, the same parable, Luke 16, He say, he went to Abraham's bosom. Hmm? The rich man that was dressed in pure purple and fine linen lived a luxurious life. He was banqueting. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and wounds, and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Crumbs. Even the dogs came and licked his wounds. A time came when the beggar died, and then the angels took him to Abraham's bosom. Abraham's side. Bosom is around your chest. Bosom is used, you, you, is used to express closeness. Care. Love, kindness, protection, and safety. When you see when a lady, when a mother is carrying her baby on her bosom, she's placing her baby literally on her chest. Self-guarding so the baby, you see both hands covering the baby, holding the baby. Self-guarding so the baby, loving the baby, blessing the baby. And when you look at Luke 16:27, He said, he answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family. No. He said, no. The prophets are there already. They're ministering there. But later down the line, you see that again Jesus comes and resurrects someone called Lazarus. And again, they still don't believe him. In fact, out of there they blackmail Jesus, they mock Him, they accuse Him, they, 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 they accuse Him falsely, they blackmail Him, they mock Him, they abuse Him. In fact, to the extent that through them they finally crucified Him. They crucified Him. It was not easy. That, that sparked up a whole cascade of animosity. Hmm? And so the Lord is saying that you should live your life in such a way that you have closeness to Jesus, to enjoy his care, his protection, his loving kindness, his his greatness, his redemption. And that can only happen when you receive the gospel and choose to obey his clarion call for a holy Christian living, to, to, to honor the grace, to honor the grace that he so paid so dearly. He prayed very dearly for his, with his life for, for the grace that has redeemed you. That, that, that is now walking close to Jesus. The like that when you, you cross over to the other life, you will now be at his bosom, at his care. Abraham's bosom also. Hmm? So let us eventually enjoy the protection of the Lord, the loving kindness, the care. The closeness with the Lord. owing into how we lived on the earth here. How amazing. And yet in Revelation chapter 3 verse 17. Revelation chapter 3 verse 17. Look at this now. The two different ways of living on this earth that will really go a long way to determine where you spend your eternity. Revelation chapter 3 verse 17. Look at what it says here. He says, can begin 16, verse 17, verse 16, okay, verse 17, he says, You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to come to me and get all these things. That buy there does not mean buy with money because you see it in, the, in Isaiah 55 also. Come take it for free. So this living whereby we think we know it all, we know the Bible, we look down upon people when the prophet of the Lord has said, you attempt to. Thank God for the enormous power he has given me, the enormous authority that is shaking the earth. Now you cannot write me off. But the tendency is always to treat like they treated Jesus, they treat God's people, you know, to undermine them, to blackmail them, to say, What are you saying? You don't have a degree in theology. Why are you preaching like that? They asked my Lord, they asked Jesus, why are you healing on Shabbat? Why are you preaching like that? Why are you teaching like that? That's self satisfaction, self wealth. And yet he said if you knew your condition, you are pitiful, you're wretched. You should come to me and find help. You are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. You should come to me and get some garment to cover your shame. The garment of salvation, the garment of righteousness, and some self to put on your eyes that you may see you are blind. But that is just how life was. The rich man thought he had it all. Self-sufficient. Why Lazarus with wounds on his side He was longing for ministration from the Lord. He needed the Lord to put some salve, some oil on his wounds. He longed for crumbs. And then the Lord gave him bread, the bread of life. So now he went to Abraham's bosom. The care of God. Closeness to God. Care of God. The kindness of God. Loving kindness of God. The protection of God. He enjoyed that in the life that came. And that is the message the Lord is passing to you today. So, blessed people, the Lord has spoken to me about the coming of the Messiah. Change your ways. Repent and be holy. Receive Jesus. And obey the command to be holy. For the kingdom of God is holy. And the kingdom of God has come near. This is the voice that is crying out in the wilderness, blessed people. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. The Messiah is coming. To thy shalom. Thank you.